Good morning. Good morning. Good Easter morning. Good to have each of you here with us this morning. He is risen. Well, glad to have each one of you here this morning. If you're visiting with us today for the first time, if you would, there's a connect card in the front of the pew. If you would just fill that out and just uh, you can leave it uh, in the seat or turn it in to, uh, to one of our ushers would be fine. But it's good to have each of you with us today. Today at 10 o'clock, the worship service, we're going to have communion this morning with uh, Pastor Dan. Wednesday, we've got 6.30, we've got the uh, mid-week service with uh, the pastor and also the children and the youth meeting upstairs at 6.30. And then next Sunday, we'll have the worship service at 10 o'clock. And if you're, you're giving today, you can go to uh, Cypress Street Church online and give, or you can drop in the, the uh, box back on the back. But if you're visiting with us, we do not... We do not uh, expect anything to be given. We're just glad that you're each of you here this morning. So thank you all for being with us in our Easter service. Uh, we got a little break in the rain this morning, so we've had plenty of rain this week. I want to read this morning uh, just a few verses from, uh, this is John chapter 11, 25 through 27. And Jesus is comforting uh, Martha and Mary about their brother. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even through, though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die do you believe this? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that you've given us, this special day, Lord, the love that you have for each of us, that you sent your Son to die for our sins, to take those upon him. And we just thank you for the love that you have for us. And we just ask that you be with us in this service this morning, Lord. And just help each of us to work towards you to do your will in each of our lives. And we ask all this in your name. Amen. Amen. He is risen. He is risen indeed.
John is singing King of Kings. Yeah. 
This is definitely applicable today. Christ arose. Jesus, my Savior. 
Children, you may go to your classes now. I want to say again, we welcome our visitors. We've got some families in from our different uh, families here in the church, and we're glad to have each of you visitors. We're glad to have you all today. Thank you all for coming out and being with us in our Easter service. Our prayer request, we've got some prayer requests this week. Uh, Vivian Cootie, which some of y'all remember, uh, she has fallen, and uh, so we just ask that you remember praying for her. And Randy, where is it she lives in Ohio. So just remember to pray for her. Uh, Mary Crane, she's going to be having a heart cath soon. Gene Ward, he's going to be having knee surgery soon. Uh, and we ask that you pray for uh, Dewana, which is a caregiver for Cindy Rogers. She lives uh, next door here. We're, and John, I appreciate you being here this morning. We appreciate you coming. Uh, and also, remember the tornado victims throughout the states. Uh, they're just still really uh, in a mess. And a lot of those towns are trying to 
just get them passable through the, the uh, streets where some of them was tore up so bad. But just remember that. Remember our children and our youth. Remember our missionaries. If you have any any uh, request that you want to put into the the bulletin, we you can call the church office, and the phone number is is on the bulletin today. And also, if you got any prayer group texts, you can call uh, Karen Odom and Randy. Good to have you and Karen. Y'all been out for a while, so we're glad y'all back in town with us. And so, this is a. Uh, this is a special day being Easter. We talk about Jesus arose from the grave and one day we're going to be gone and we're going to be talking about God has returned for his family. And we just pray that uh, that everybody will be ready. We'll be doing their God's will in their life and to live the life that God has set for us to live. And so, we just thank you, each one of you for being here this morning. Brother Dan, if you would come and pray for us, and good to have you and Lynn, and I'd, it has y'all on the prayer list. Y'all have uh, sort of got settled in. Some of you that's just visiting with us, our new pastor was here last week for Palm Sunday, and Miss Lynn, and we're glad to have them back this morning. It is good to see each of you here this morning in the house of the Lord on Easter Day. Amen. I'm still getting fidgeted here. I think I got it. Do I got it? I think so. Hey, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Gracious Father, what a privilege it is to be able to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To know that, Father, death could not hold you. And that Satan has been defeated once and for all. It has been finished by the complete work of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. This morning we come to you, Father, to give you thanks for the body of Christ, the church. Father, what a better way of being able to share in the message of Easter than to come and to worship you first and foremost. So, Lord, we thank you for each one that is here. We thank you for each child, each adult, and to realize that each are important to you. Heavenly Father, you have heard the requests that have been mentioned this morning, and we simply lay them at your feet this morning. And we ask you, Father, that you would wrap your arms of love around each one. You know each need, you know each burden. You know each spiritual need, Father, that is present in our lives. And I ask now today that your Holy Spirit would come and fill us, Father, and give us the peace and the joy that we need, Father, as we continue to live for you in this world. We thank you, Father, for this church. We thank you for the testimony of this church that it has had through the community, through the years. And I pray that you would refresh us and reinvigorate us this morning with your spirit that we may continue on that mission that you have given us to go into all the world. Again, we thank you, Lord, for those that may be visiting this morning. May they feel at home among the family of God. 
And may they be blessed, Lord, by their attendance here this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the early church, on Easter, and I'm talking about the early church, I'm talking about the first century church, when they came together, the priest would say, he is risen, and the response from the congregation would be, he is risen indeed. Do you think we could try that today? He is risen. He is risen. I like that. Let's do that one more time. He is risen. He is risen do you believe that this morning? Amen. Good. I, I truly believe that this morning. What a privilege it is to preach and to share with you this morning my first Easter service here. And I have uh, taken it upon me to talk about the subject this morning the testimony of a rolling stone. Now, I'm sure no, none of you have ever heard of the rolling stones, have you? <laughs> They've only been around 50, 60, 70 years, you know. We've all got a taste of some of their music. I, I was looking over their, uh, some of the names and the titles of their songs uh, yesterday on, on the internet. And believe me, they had, they had over 50 number one hits but as I looked at all those titles, there was something about those titles that really spoke to me because in their songs, uh, they were not really exciting about life. For instance, I can't get no satisfaction. Now, who wants to stand up and sing that this morning? How about the 19th nervous breakdown? Some of you have had that this week, haven't you? Another one was Paint It Black. And then uh, the last one I'll bring to your attention was, and my wife sings this all the time, it's called Crazy Mama. <laughs> now I tell you this because I do want to address the testimony of the true, the first rolling stone that we find in scripture. And our text is found in Mark chapter 16, verses one through eight. It's in your worship sheet this morning, and I'll read it. The next evening when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene and Salome and Mary the mother of James went out and purchased embalming spices. Early the following morning, just at sunrise, they carried them to the tomb. On the way, they were discussing how they could ever roll aside the huge stone from the entrance. But when they arrived, they look up, looked up and saw that the stone, a very heavy one, was already moved away and the entrance was open. So they entered the tomb and there on the right sat a young man clothed in white. The women were startled, but the angel said, don't be so surprised, don't be afraid. Are you looking for Jesus? the Nazarene who was crucified? He isn't here. He has come back to life. Look, that's where his body was lying. Now go and give this message to his disciples, including Peter. 
Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. The woman fled the tomb, trembling and bewildered, too frightened to talk. The picture that we get from the New Testament is of a group of people who were totally demoralized at the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. As far as they were concerned, their last three years had been lived in vain for this man they followed was now dead. There was nothing left for them but to go back to their nets, back to their tax tables, back to their kitchens, and try to somehow forget what had transpired for the last three and a half years. In their imagination, it was all an illusion following this Galilean. Jesus spoke of abundant life, but now he was dead. He promised a new kingdom but kings don't die on a cross like a common criminal. He spoke of God being his father, but when he needed God most, God disappeared. How foolish they had been to give up their dreams to immerse themselves in his dream. He was dead, and with him everything that he ever stood for and that's how the friends of Jesus must have felt that first Easter morning. It was over. It was finished. But that was before they found the stone rolled away. Praise the Lord. Amen. When his disciples saw the empty tomb, never again could they return to the way things were before they met Christ. The stone was rolled away from Jesus' grave. He was not there. He was alive. Amen. Now I want to ask you this morning, as we share these thoughts, what keeps us, you and me, from seeing the risen Lord this morning? Is it because perhaps we are living in our own spiritual tombs? And the devil has placed a large stone in front of our spiritual vision? But once that stone has been rolled away and we see Jesus, our world will forever be changed. I'm going to ask you for just a few moments this morning to meditate on this empty grave. For life to, be, to begin in each of us, we all must leave our graves empty and merge into life with Jesus Christ. As I said, one of the most successful rock and roll groups over the last several years, the Rolling Stones. Now, I don't know about you, but when the Rolling Stones came out, it was in the 60s. And my mom and dad didn't care too much for rock and roll music. I know that none of you had that problem, but my parents didn't like rock and roll music. But somehow I would slip away 
And I'd hear a little, let it be, let it be. Um, Beatles and, and, and can't get no satisfaction. But everything, all the titles that I saw for the Rolling Stones were very negative. Very black. Very, no hope. And so this morning, I've wondered about some of the stories that we could tell from our experiences with Jesus and the risen tomb. Have you ever wondered what stories... I come down here to the south and I look at all the old trees. And there was one tree in particular we was driving the other day, Lynn and I was, and we said, that has got to be an old tree. I bet you that tree could tell a lot of stories. Now, I'm not saying that some of you are old trees and can tell me lots of stories. But I will say that the things that we look around at tell stories of the past. And this morning, I want you to tell your story this morning and confess your life with Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. As I read this scripture, I thought to myself, who was the first testimony of the risen Lord? And the Bible tells us about Mary and another Mary and Peter and John and in others, the angel. But who was really there for that first Easter morning that was a testimony? And I looked up the word testimony in the dictionary, what it means, because it says a personal experience that is communicated through verbal expression. I want you to think about that, a testimony. You know, we're all called to, be, to, to testify of the life of Jesus Christ. But a true testimony is a personal experience. It's not secondhand or thirdhand, much like our rumor mills are today. They are firsthand. A testimony, this really happened. I was there. And who was really there? But that first rolling stone. I'd like for you to hear three things that the first Rolling Stone would share with us his testimony of what he first experienced that first extra Easter morning. First of all, the Rolling Stone would testify to the power of God. I want you to know this morning that Easter testifies to you and me of God's power in each and every one of us. As I shared last week, each of us are children of God and we possess the power of God within us. And it allows us to give testimony of the life we have with Jesus Christ. Who will roll away the stone? These were humongous stones that took four to five men to put in place. But I'm reminded of the scripture in Romans that Paul gives us in 1.16. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation. You know, each of us have weaknesses. I have weaknesses. We all have concerns. We all have things going on in our own little life. And sometimes there is a sense of helplessness. Sometimes there's a sense of hopelessness. There is no hope. 
Sometimes we experience feelings of loneliness and discouragement. Sometimes we feel weak. Sometimes all we see is our own inadequacies as to why we can't be a testimony of God's love. I believe that there is a longing in each believer for the power of God to be manifest in our own individual lives. That's my desire, that the power of God be manifest in my life, to be manifest in this church and in the lives of the followers of Jesus Christ here. The power of God that rolled back that stone is the same power that is in the believer's life today. I would say this morning on this Easter, let's shake off our grave clothes and let's believe in the risen Lord and give testimony of that empty grave. John chapter 20, we read of Jesus' appearance to his disciples after his resurrection. He says that Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And if you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of others, they will remain in their sins. We imprison others by our attitudes and by our unforgivenesses and by our blockages to the, to the empty tomb. 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7 says for us this morning to humble ourselves under the, right, the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you, that he may empower you at the proper time. Casting your anxiety, casting your helplessness, your loneliness, your weakness, your inadequacies, casting them on him because he cares for you. I ask you this morning, what area of your life, of my life, needs the intervention of God's power? The second thing that they stone revealed in his testimony is that when the, light, when the stone was rolled back, the light... Jesus Christ emerged from the dead. What did the stone see? He saw light that exposed the darkness. I don't know about you, but this world's got a lot of darkness in it. Anybody? Amen? Amen. And oh, how it needs a light to shine. Remember that little song we used to sing as we as kids? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let her shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. What is that light? That light is the light of Jesus Christ as he emerged from that grave and he began to reveal darkness. There's something about light and darkness that darkness cannot reveal light, but light reveals darkness. Guess who the light is? We are the ones that reveal darkness to this world. What happened when the stone was rolled back? The, the light of Jesus Christ emerged from this darkness. And we see light when we find Jesus Christ. We can see where we're going when we find Jesus Christ because he is the way, the truth, and the life. 
Jesus said in John 8, 22, or excuse me, 8, 12, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. Folks, the world's dark, but we're not to walk in the darkness. We're to walk in the light. You shall have the light of life. Can you imagine that stone after it was pulled back from the power of Almighty God? The Son of God came forth and the glory of God was shown to all who would believe. And there are stones that prevent the light from shining into and upon us. You know, there's some things, life is, life, life is not always easy just because you're a Christian. We're human beings, and it rains on the just and the unjust alike. Did y'all know that? Don't feel sorry for yourselves. I got Jesus in my say. I don't know why these things are happening. Hey, it rains on everybody because we're human. But that's why Jesus came. He came to implant himself and to live in us so that we could be overcomers of this darkness and the obstacles before us. And there's stones sometimes that prevent light from shining upon us. Number one is sin. Uh, let me say that again. There are some stones that get in the way of the light shining upon us. Number one is sin. Some people don't understand why they cannot live or don't, do not live in a victorious life. It's because there are sometimes things that God doesn't approve of in our life. The Word of God calls it sin. It's anything that gets in the way of our relationship with God. And if there's things in our life that we need to get rid of, the light cannot truly shine upon us. So we've got to get rid of that sin. And it comes through the blood of Jesus Christ. Sometimes we look for the light, but we continue to dwell in the past. You know, what I like about Jesus is Jesus don't hold the past against us. He does not hold the past against us. The Bible says all have sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. And what has been forgiven, the Old Testament says it's buried in the deepest sea as far as the east is from the west. That's a long way. Did you ever imagine how far? The other, night, the other day I went course I was new in town and you'll have to forgive me but I went out here to get on I-20 I thought I was going to the mall and I ended up for some reason I got my east and west messed up and I end up going west and I got going about a couple miles and I said well I think this this is not right but I know that sign back there said and what I was doing I was dwelling in the wrong place and I wasn't going to get where I needed to be that's the way it is in our Christian life sometimes Sometimes we're dwelling in the darkness in the past and we need to leave it behind and go the other direction. Sometimes those stones are our pride and our arrogance. I know none of you ever have this problem with being prideful or arrogant. I do. I, 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 there's some things that I just, I'm, you know, ex really excite me. Is there anything that excites you? If there is, put a smile on your face this morning. Is there anything that excites you? Is there anything that warms your soul? Well, 
Leave those things behind, that pride and arrogance. 1 Peter chapter 2 says this. He has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We've been called, you've been called, I've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Out of the, the grave and into his marvelous light. So I ask, what area of your life are you holding on to in the darkness that needs light to expose it this morning? Who will allow God to move the stones that may expose the darkness in your life? And the third last thing. Everybody say, last thing? Or you can say, in conclusion. Now, you know what that means. Absolutely nothing. I just wanted to forewarn you. But the third thing that the, empty, the rolling stone testified is that he witnessed firsthand sadness turning to gladness. Think about it. Two Marys come to the empty grave on Easter morning. The, rock, the stone sees them in their disillusionment and in their loss and in their awe. And he sees this disillusionment and loss turn into excitement and victory. Is that the story of your life this morning? When you found Jesus, we came to him empty, but we return with excitement of our sins forgiven and eternal life. Peter and John came and it says that they ran to the, to, to the tomb on Easter Sunday morning. I don't know why the scripture says this, but it says John ran faster than Peter. I don't think they were in a marathon. But if you look at it, it says, and the one that Jesus loved the most, he outran Peter. They were running to this empty tomb that they had heard was empty. And this, this rolling stone saw Peter and John running versus running to see the Savior. They were running away and he saw them running to see. And then there's Mary on this first Easter Sunday that came to the tomb and remember the garden, the, the uh, man in that appeared in the garden and Mary thought he was the gardener. And Mary said, where have you laid my Savior? Where have you laid my Lord? And the uh, gardener said, why are you weeping? And the stone witnessed the demeanor of Mary change as she recognized the risen Christ. And she said, I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. This is my challenge to you this morning. This Easter morning, you're never going to be able to celebrate past Easter's. But today you can see an empty tomb. And you can give testimony that Jesus is not in that tomb, but he has risen. 
He has risen indeed. And instead of your crying out sometimes, Lord, where are you at when I needed you? Lord, where are you at to answer my questions? Where are you at in my tragedy? Instead, we can look and say, hey, I've seen the Lord as we stare into his eyes and we look at his nail prints and his hands and his feet and the hole in his side. And we say, he's not dead. He's alive. He arose from the grave and he arises with us each day as we give each day of our life to him. Christ is wanting to move stones in our lives this morning. Not just the little ones, but the giant stones that we can't move ourselves. Some of us have seen the empty tomb and seen the risen Lord for the first time in a long time. Do you know what stones must be removed before you can taste the fullness of Jesus Christ? Why don't you give them up and let the power of God be revealed in you by the washing of your sins and darkness and sadness by the blood of Jesus Christ. Do you have stones this morning? Do you want to move out of your life? Would you take a step of faith this morning and confess to the Lord your need? Your need for salvation, your need for strength, your need for the Holy Spirit, your need for forgiveness. I don't know about you, but there's only one person who is the answer to the world's issues today. And today, each of us can experience new life in a risen Christ by opening up. And that's what simply we got to do. We don't just file in this place and file out, but we come in and we open up to hear God's word and God's Holy Spirit speak to us. And we're going to have to give an account for what we hear and for what we know from God's word. And I challenge you this morning to open up and hear the testimony of that first rolling stone. Charles Spurgeon, a great preacher, was walking the streets of London deep in thought one day when he saw a young street boy, a homeless boy. The little boy was carrying an old bent birdcage. And inside was a tiny field bird, sparrow. And Spurgeon stopped that little boy on the street and asked him what he was going to do with that caged bird. Well, said the boy, I think I'll play with it for a while. And then when I'm tired of playing with it, I think I'll kill it. And he made that last statement with a, a wicked grin. Charles Spurgeon moved with compassion, thought to his head, scratched his head, and he said, son, how much would you sell that bird for? The little boy answered, you don't want this bird, mister. It's just a plain old field sparrow. Nothing great about this bird. 
But then he saw that Spurgeon was serious. You can have this sparrow for $100. He wanted to make a little money. It was worth a lot. An astronomical price for the bird worth only pennies. And Spurgeon reached in his pocket and pulled out a $100 bill and he paid the price. And then you know what he did? He opened up the cage of that bird and let him go. And the next Sunday on Easter morning, Charles Spurgeon placed an empty bird cage on his pulpit at the great metropolitan tabernacle where he preached. And his sermon for Easter was, let me tell you about this cage. And Spurgeon began his sermon. And he recounted the story about the little boy and how he had purchased the bird from him at a high cost. And then he said, I tell you this story because that's just what Jesus did for us. You see, an evil specter called sin had us caged up and unable to escape. But then Jesus came up to sin and said, what are you going to do with those people in that cage? And sin answered and said, I'm going to teach them to hate each other. I'm going to play with them. I'm going to teach them to be mean. I'm going to teach them to be bullies until I'm tired of them. And then I'm going to kill them. Jesus asked, how much to buy them back? And with a grin, sin said, you don't want these people, Jesus. They'll only hate you, spit on you. They'll even nail you to a cross. But if you want to buy them, it'll cost you all your tears and all your blood, your very life. And Spurgeon concluded, that, ladies and gentlemen, is just what Jesus did for us on the cross. He paid the ultimate immeasurable price for all who would believe. If you believe this morning, he paid that price for you. And he paid it for me that we might be free from the inescapable penalty of sin. This is the Easter message. Death has been overcome by a risen Christ. Life has been given to us freely this morning. And we can be free. Free as that bird delivered from a cage. We can walk in dignity and joy with purpose and power because Christ is stronger and greater than sin and he has overcome the grave. This is the real life testimony of one that was there, the first rolling stone. There's an old spiritual that was sung by the slaves. Were you there when they nailed him to a cross? Were you there when you when they placed him in the tomb? 
Were you there when he rose up from the grave? Amen and amen. Hey, I ran across this. This is for the younger set. Anybody young under 70 or 80? This is the words of a song called Rattle from Elevation Worship. And I wanted to read this in conclusion because it sums up everything that the Rolling Stone would have testified. It says, the word says, let these words be a proclamation for us this week and beyond. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. Saturday was silent. Surely it was through. But since when has impossible ever stopped you? Friday's disappointment is Sunday's empty empty tomb. Since when has impossible ever stopped you? My God is able to save and deliver and heal and restore anything that he wants to. Just ask the stone that was rolled in the tomb in the garden. What happens when God says to move? I feel him moving it now. I feel him doing it now. I feel him doing it now. Do it now, do it now. Rattle those bones in the church this morning. Roll back those stones. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. This is the praise, make a dead man walk again. Open the grave, Jesus says, I'm coming out. I'm gonna live, gonna live again. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. May God bless you. Let me pray this morning and then we're gonna receive our our communion, our Lord's Supper. We don't do this often enough. You know, Jesus said, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. He didn't say do it every Sunday, do it every month, do it every Easter. He said, as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. And this morning, we are going to partake of communion as those uh, help us to pass this out, pass the elements to everyone. And I want you to know it's open to anyone. But before we do that, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give your testimony, a verbal testimony this morning. And it's found in the, on the back of your worship sheet, maybe on the screens this morning. We call it, if I can find the right sheet, the affirmation of faith. Affirmation of faith. Let me pray and then we're going to affirm our faith together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you that we can come together to celebrate this wonderful day. Thank you for the testimony of that first rolling stone. And as the rolling stone testified, we see the power of God. Lord, let us see the power of God in our lives this morning. Turn our sadness to joy. May our darkness become light. Lord, as we confess our faith this morning and we receive in remembrance of you, Lord, allow us to allow it to sink into our hearts and our minds that as we depart from this place, we will be greater vessels for you. Greater lights, greater testimonies to the world of darkness. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm asking you to stand this morning.
And what I would like for you to do is to read with me a confession of faith. This is your testimony. You know, many times we come to the church and we allow the singers and we allow the, the, the people to come and just watch the sermon. Well, to this is your participation this morning in our Easter service of our faith. You know, in the, again, as I say, in the early church, when they would come together, they would affirm their faith together because there was a lot of darkness in, those world, in that world when the first church started meeting. It was dark. There was persecution. There were those that were running for their lives, but they came together and they were able to affirm their faith. Let us affirm our faith this morning. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and on the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceedeth from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one universal apostolic church. I'll acknowledge one baptism, the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Would you come forth and distribute the elements this morning? Whoever does that. Jesus said as often as they're giving out the elements, Jesus said as often as we do this, do it in remembrance of him. It was on that last Passover before Jesus went to the cross that he, uh, he initiated what we call the Lord's Supper, communion. He initiated by sitting down with his disciples, his followers for the last three, three and a half years. And he said, you know, this is the last time I'm gonna be eating with you. I, I'm gonna continue, I've got things to do. He had to go to the cross went to the empty tomb. He says, I want to eat this meal with you one last time. And so what he did as the meal was being served, he took this little bread. Please hold on to these till everyone is served and I'll advise you. He took the bread and he tore a piece of it. He said, this bread, this bread is not just a piece of bread anymore, but this is, part of my body. It's part of my body that is broken. Broken for you. 
Jesus knew the torture that he was going to go through, the beatings, the scourgings, the crown of thorns upon his head, the spear in his side, the laughter, the mockery. He knew all about it. He said, this is my body and it's for you. And I want you to know that we, as the people of God's people, we are God's body. Did you know that? We are, are the bread that Jesus was talking about that is broken for each other because it's a part of the blessing of Jesus. So Jesus says, take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Would you meditate upon this this morning as the rest of them are served this morning? Is everyone being served that would like to be served? I come and thank you. On the bottom of your wine cup is the bread. If you can open it up very simply this morning and take this. And as we take it, do it in remembrance of Jesus and what he's done for us. And in that same supper, Jesus took the wine. We use grape juice. And it symbolizes, Jesus said, this is no longer just going to be a drink for you. But he says, as often as you drink this special, this anointed, this set apart drink, it's going to represent my blood, which is shed for you. I want to remind you of scripture in the, the writings that says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So we celebrate something great this morning. Our sins are forgiven and Jesus rose from the grave. Let us remember the blood that was shed for our sins this morning together. Lord Jesus, we pray as you taught your disciples. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Would you stand and sing our closing song?
his crown 